for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Lincoln Kennedy, former offensive lineman for the Raiders and current Raiders radio color commentator, about the last game on the week one slate, Monday night football from the Death Star, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. It's the Ravens and the Raiders on Monday night football. It'll be the first home game with fans in the regular season now for the Las Vegas Raiders, the first home game that they'll play in front of their new city with fans now in the seats. And there are some questions about the health of the backfield of the Baltimore Ravens. They did, of course, lose multiple running backs including Gus Edwards just last week. Also, defensive back Marcus Peters goes down with an injury. These are all things we can talk about with Lincoln Kennedy, who joins me next. Today is Monday, September 13th. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the podcast. We've had him on before, Lincoln Kennedy. Of course, hear him on the Raider broadcast all season long. And of course, he's a former Raider himself. Lincoln, good to have you, man, ahead of a season where you've got fans coming back to the stadium, I guess the first time at Allegiant Stadium uh, for the regular season, man. How you feeling? Well, I'm feeling pretty good, and I'm actually excited to you know, not only be with you, but looking forward to seeing the fans in Allegiant. We had a, you know the, the preseason game against the Seahawks is almost a sellout, and it was really good to have fans in the seats. And there's been some other events where it's been full, so I'm looking forward to the NFL season kicking off. You said some other events. You weren't out there for uh, for SummerSlam for the WWE, huh? No, no, no. We were in Los Angeles so far. They had to play the Rams that day for preseason, but I did see the, uh, the what was it, the Copa Cup, where America was yeah, taking yeah. on Mexico. Yeah, the, the soccer match. And then um, I heard about the Garth Brooks concert, as well as the big raid that went on the Legion. So it was a, a wild month of August for the Legion Stadium. They had events left and right. And it's going to officially get baptized Monday night. Ravens come to town. We'll get into some of that stuff with uh, with their injuries and problems that they're facing heading into the first Monday night football game of the season. But your outlook on this team, man, a little bit of a rebuild. I don't want to say like from scratch or anything like that, but obviously a new defensive coordinator comes in. Raiders had to do some tinkering this offseason and into the preseason. What's your outlook on this team right now? What's the biggest strength, maybe the biggest weakness, things that you're looking forward to for 2021? Well, I think for sure the strength is based on the reputation of what the offense has been able to do over the last couple of years. Unfortunately, because we've been kept in the dark with no preseason, starters not really playing in the preseason, I really don't know what we have in the tank, to be honest with you. Potentially, the offense is capable because we've seen what Derek Carr and company have been able to do. I like what they did with the offensive line. I like the addition of Alex Leatherwood. I think Gruden will be able to get back to his power running attack. But because he didn't play in his starters in preseason, not sure what the King and Drake and Josh Jacobs sort of combination is going to look like. I'm not really sure about you know how Henry Ruggs is going to do following his rookie season and, and Brian Edwards. I heard he had a good camp, but there's just so much unknown. I'm not trying to escape the question, but the truth is I really don't know. I'm only going off a of reputation. On the other side of the ball, the defensive side, you know, with Gus Bradley coming in and all the raves the defenders talking about, they believe in the system, they're buying into the system, they've got to be better. But I do believe that this defense doesn't have to be, you know, like the 85 Bears or the 2000 Ravens. I think this team has to be, you know, mid-ranked in the National Football League and for them to get into the playoffs this year. It's so funny the way football has gone, right? It used to be all about the two-a-days. used to be about grinding guys, getting them prepared for the regular season. Now you get to the preseason and they say, yeah, we're going to sit down all these starters. None of you guys are going to play. And so I think there's a lot of teams that did that coming off of a season last year where, well, it was a different season, obviously, because of the pandemic. But into this offseason, they, of course, make the change to three preseason games. How do you think that adjustment period is going to be? Do you think we're going to see, and there were some people afraid of this last year with no preseason, is there going to be some sloppy football? 
Do you think the joint practices were a big factor in getting guys more prepared than maybe these these preseason games? How do you think the development of the start of the season is going to go for some of these teams that did not run their starters out there for the preseason? There are certain players I don't believe need preseason. Someone like a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers or even a Derek Carr doesn't necessarily need preseason, but they need to get the rhythm, the lather, and just understanding what it's like to prepare for a game. Without doing that, I think you kind of go into, you know, things like if you're Henry Ruggs III or Brian Edwards, who didn't play pretty much the entire last season because he was injured, how does he know how to get warm before a game? How does he know how to get prepared for a game? I mean, these are minor things, but they become big instances when you, when you take them all as a whole. Now, on defense, you know, we saw flashes of Jonathan Abram going out there and playing in this new position, almost like a rover or a box safety, which I think bodes well for him because I think playing in space hurts him. But, you know, for all in all, a lot of the defenders didn't play together, didn't start. And I'm not the one who want, who likes to sit down. I think you can go out there. The Kansas City Chiefs did it. Andy Reid did it with his team. He sent them out there. They followed a little progression that used to be that I was accustomed to in preseason where first game you play about a series or two, second game play a little bit more, third game you play a little bit more. And I think they got into a good rhythm. They got into a good lather. So, I mean, it can be done. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, you, you talk about the Ravens, and we'll talk about a moment, you know, their injuries. Somebody will say J.K. Dobbins shouldn't have been out there for a preseason. I get it. I mean, I understand what they're trying to say. But at the same time, injuries are going to happen. Injuries are pretty much freaks of the game because guys take care of themselves and put themselves in position. So um, it, it doesn't necessarily – I don't think you prevent it by, you know, not playing in, playing in preseason because they can get injured in practice. They can get injured in the first game. It can go uh, just about any way. You can play one snap, you can play no snaps. The second you step on the field, injury is a factor in the NFL. You mentioned Derek Carr. People love to do the rankings on quarterbacks. This is a guy who has stayed healthy for the most part in his entire career, with the exception of the time he he has a a major leg injury before the postseason back in 2016. But uh, you look at this team, and and he's done fairly well under John Gruden as far as completion percentage goes, as far as total yards passing goes. You know, they do the rankings for these things, and the athletic here, our guy Mike Sando had him down as a tier three. Then you go to ESPN they've got him as maybe the number 12 or 13 quarterback in all of football what is it about Derek Carr that polarizes people I think it's the fact that he's a capable quarterback of making every throw on the football field but he hasn't had long lasting success if you go back to that 2016 season when he broke his ankle and then close to the last game I mean he was on par to probably challenge in the MVP conversation and then, you know, the season went down with them when the, the Raiders had to start, a, you know, a true rookie in the playoff against Houston. So those types of instances and everybody's waiting for him to take that next step. You know, we in the business and, and the media in just in general wants to sit there and say whether a guy is elite or not elite or try to describe him. And there's really no true description of uh, Derek Carr other than he's consistent. I think that Gruden would like a quarterback who uses his legs a little bit more like he had when we had Rich Gannon and stuff like that. But at the same point, Gruden to a fault is almost loyal to Derek because, you know, even last year when Derek got hurt and Mariota could have started in the final two games, the Raiders weren't going anywhere. You know, Derek Carr came out and said, look, I'm going to play. And Gruden was fine with that, you know, taking the chance of probably injuring his quarterback more, but he, he was so loyal to him. So I think when you look at it as a whole, everybody's just waiting for Derek to take that next step. And, I mean, I don't know if it happens. I, I honestly don't know if you get into the playoffs, if he goes far, if he's a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. I think he's capable. We just haven't seen it yet. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. 
I'm with you. He's a guy who I think is trustworthy, and I think on a good team, on an offense that, that they can hopefully get moving this year, he's a guy who can definitely help you win some football games and, and maybe get him into the postseason as a wild card this year. I know it'd be tough to win this division with the Chiefs up at the top. Just talking about the defensive line real quickly here. Max Crosby, Quentin Jefferson, Jonathan Hankins, Ngakwe, Corey Littleton back there at the weak side linebacker. K.J. Wright comes in this year. I'm wondering, you know, they get prepared for this game on, on Monday night. They're playing the, the Ravens, who you know are going to run the ball. Gus Edwards goes down with an injury. You may them losing a couple other running backs. J.K. Dobbins earlier this offseason, they go and they add Le'Veon Bell to the practice squad, Devontae Freeman to the practice squad, but you know who the number one running back is. It's the guy under center. It's the former MVP, Lamar Jackson. How does this defensive line, how do these run, these uh, linebackers prepare for a running game that now is not going to feature Gus Edwards, but mostly Lamar Jackson? Well, the thing is, is that when you, you talk about trying to contain somebody like Lamar Jackson, who's a game changer, it's easier said than done. To be honest with you, you know, last year, this defense got stretched by perimeter runs, stretch runs. That really hurt him. You know, Lamar has that ability. They, first, they've got to stop that. And more importantly, show me how they're going to be able to play in the box. If they're going to have an extra safety up and challenge Lamar to throw the ball, I'm going to see how Gus Bradley is going to be able to do that. The thing is, is last a couple of years ago when they played in the playoffs, he had five or six defensive backs on the field. And most of the time, the defense, when they played uh, when he was with the Chargers and they played in the playoffs, I don't know if he's going to go that far this year. I don't think they can afford because they don't have the size. But it's anyone's guess. I mean, it's anyone's guess how he's going to play him. I think the thing is that you've got to stop the run game. No matter who's back there, you got to stop the run game, contain the run game, and force Lamar Jackson to try to beat you through the air. Because if not, he's a game changer on the ground. I don't want to say it makes it easier. Obviously, this guy is one of the best athletes in the world and one of the best athletes in the NFL. Does it make it easier knowing that he doesn't have a premier running back behind him to focus on? No. No, because he can, he can do it on his own. And you got to find a way to corral him. And the way this defense has played in the past, we're not really sure how it's going to play in the new system. I saw in the preseason, under the new system, they basically took away a lot of inside runs. Seattle really tried to run between the tackles, and they kind of stuffed that. But towards the end of preseason, in the last game, San Francisco exposed them on the edges. That's the level of concern. When you're not playing your starters, you don't know how they're going to do. You don't know how they're going to be. You can only hope. So this is going to be a very tough matchup to come out the gate and not really play anybody. And guys have had the last two weeks off because they haven't played. So this is a lot of downtime. And I'm talking a lot of potential risk, in my, my view, from just trying to turn it on like a light switch and going full speed on Monday night. It's the soft tissue, man. That's what everybody's worried about. One more for you here on the way out. Uh, maybe the biggest playmaker on the offense. I, I would say definitely the biggest playmaker on the offense. So a lot of people would go Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, man, what this guy has done over the last couple of seasons. I'm going to give you a bold prediction here. Darren Waller, more receiving yards this year. I don't care about injuries. I don't care about touchdowns. I'm talking receiving yards more than George Kittle. That's my take for this year. Where do you come down on that? That's a pretty strong take, and I think it's pretty valid. But here's the thing. They've got to find out creative ways of getting Waller the ball because just like Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, teams are going to key in on that main cog and find and make you take other things away. So it's going to be a big task, but they're going to get him the football. I think I like Darren Waller with Derek Carr more than I like Nick Mullins throwing the ball to George Kittle, so I'll take my chances <laughs> with Derek Carr this year. Luke, sure, we appreciate right? the time, man. Thanks so much. We'll catch up with you down the road this season. Thanks for having me, Adam. Be good. Talk to you later. Great stuff from Lincoln Kennedy. We should also note that uh, Richie Incognito, guard for the Raiders, is not going to play on Monday night. We'll see what kind of role that plays in the protection of Derek Carr and how they try to establish the running game back there with Josh Jacobs and some Kendrick Drake action as well. 
Thank you to Lincoln. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is you're listening to us. We've got lots to talk about this coming week. 49ers stay back on the East Coast. They're going to take on the Philadelphia Eagles this Sunday. Also, we can talk about the end of the baseball season. Just about two weeks left, eh, about two and a half weeks left in the 2021 campaign. The A's trying to play their way back into that wild card picture. The Giants trying to hold on atop the National League West. Everybody enjoy the week. We'll talk to you Wednesday.